Hey everyone, this is Sam, and I'm here hosting the uh, first episode of our new podcast with my uh, lovely host, Joanna. Hi, everyone. And uh, we're here to talk about a very important topic in today's society, which is the uh, Disney Channel original movie, Brink, which came out close to 20 years ago at this point. Uh, yes, it came out in 1998, a good year. So 98, let's think. I was, I just turned nine years old. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I think nine years. Yeah, I had failed my driver's test twice by then. Oof, that was, a, that was a rough year for you. All right, a good year for me, a rough year for you. Very rough year for me. It was a, it was a difficult uh, fourth grade and... um. Well, let's let's think back on happier times like the uh, the movie Brink. Let's let's do it. All right. So, just a general background about us. I grew up a very privileged human being in that I had cable and the Disney Channel growing up, so I was able to watch tons of Disney movies, Disney TV shows, things like that. How about you, Joanna? Um, well, I was not as privileged, and I did not grow up with cable. So, growing up, I just had basic channels i watched a lot of pbs um so when people talk about zoom now i think about the tv show zoom and the only time that i could watch cable was if i was visiting my grandparents or if i went to a friend's house it's usually a pretty bad sign when your grandparents have more uh capabilities of watching television than you do that is correct. No arguments here. So uh, just in general, so I've seen, I'd probably say maybe half or so of the Disney Channel original movies. Joanna here has seen maybe two or three ever. Is that right? Um, I think when we were looking at the list earlier, I had seen one, if I remember correctly, and that was High School Musical. All right. So basically what we're going to do is I'm going to be watching these movies for probably at least the second time. And for Joanna, it's her first time. So she'll get a first-time experience. It's going to be magical, that Disney magic. Taking in these incredible movies. And I'll just have a flash of nostalgia from the the better days when I was back in uh, intermediate school and uh, middle school, probably. These movies are going to bring tears to both of our eyes, but for very different reasons. So starting with the movie Brink, the movie opens up with our star character, Andy Brinker, who is known... As Brink by yes. every single person, apparently, in this town. Including his family. In, yeah, including his own family, yeah. who has the last name Brinker. So they just basically just call their, their own son, their own brother, just their own last name, which is very interesting to me. Not at all confusing in that household. Not whatsoever. So we open up with uh, Mr. Brink coming downstairs to... Uh, Get ready for the last day of summer, which is a real bummer in most people's lives, but uh, not for Brink. He's pretty pumped at the same time for the last week of summer and also for school to start. And he wakes up at what time it seems like is probably closer to noon, maybe. Um, It looks very, very sunny outside. His whole family is already in the swing of things and ready for life. And he's just waking up at some time around Maybe 11, 12 o'clock. So he's a teenager. Yeah. Sets the scene. Basically. And the first thing he does when he gets up is takes a a big swig of chocolate syrup from the refrigerator. Straight from the bottle. 
this was clearly a scene that some writer was like, you know what teenagers do? They consume condiments from bottles. All of them. Let's put it in the movie. I heard in the first version of the script they had mustard, but there was a lot of um, feedback from the crowd saying, you got to go chocolate syrup or whipped cream. So they want chocolate syrup. It's interesting that in the first draft it was mustard and not ketchup. California, what do you want me to say? Definitely dad wrote that. So he comes downstairs. His family, I guess, is eating breakfast or had just gotten done eating breakfast or something like that. They were consuming a meal indeterminate. And his family consists of a, a loving father, a loving mother, and a uh, very bratty sister. I would say that she was less bratty and more sarcastic beyond her years. How, if you weren't watching the movie and could just hear what was being said, how old would you guess his sister was? I would say a tween. Tween, okay. I would have said conservatively 35 years old. Based upon what she was saying to her brother. Oh, see, I was also considering voice. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. That too. Um, yeah, I guess the voice was a little bit younger, but the, the wisdom she shone upon her uh, her brother and the rest of the family was very uh, strange of a, of a teenager, I would say. I feel like someone just recorded their mom and was like, yeah, an eight-year-old can say this. That's fine. Yeah, that's, not, that's probably not too far off. Um, so he comes downstairs, talks to his family. Um, the first thing his dad does is complain about Brink using slang. And the slang was, what up, dad? How dare he? These children these days, just they don't know English. They don't know any way to communicate with family members. And it's, and it's honestly, it, it's kind of embarrassing. It's such a bad example for us. I mean, we were children during this time period, and I barely understood what that meant. After missing breakfast or eating his, his chocolate syrup for breakfast, he goes outside, runs down to where there uh, are three other people around his age waiting for the bus. Two male, one female. Those characters' names go by Peter, Jordy, and Gabriella. And Gabriella, definitely a feminist. Definitely ahead of her time. Yeah, I, I think it comes up a few times, a few hundred times during the uh, during the movie. Very, um, very in tune with PC culture, which is kind of before its time when this movie was made. So that was kind of impressive. It was, and I do believe she also threatened violence the most. Um, at I started keeping track, um, but then I was so enthralled with the plot that I stopped. I counted seven times that she threatened people. Which was a uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, she was definitely down to uh, down to fight and down yeah, to throw down bows. to brawl. Absolutely. I Go mean, Gabby. why wouldn't you? I mean, at, at her size, you know, at conservatively, I don't know, four foot five, you know, she's ready to fight any time. She's very scrappy. She had to prove herself in a man's world. Absolutely, and I don't blame her. He comes outside, goes down to his friends. They're waiting at a bus stop for a very long time, seemingly waiting for Brink to get there. He is late. Which seems to be a theme throughout the movie of him being late for things, whether it's for a reason or, you know, just at his uh, carefree nature. Well, there was a reason. He had to consume enough chocolate syrup. That's true. That's true. You, you, can't, you can't skate without chocolate syrup. Oh, we should probably mention also this movie's about skating. Inline skating, rollerblading. Almost entirely about skating. Which I don't remember ever thinking was cool when I was younger, but maybe it was. And I just, I mean, admittedly, I am the one who grew up without cable. So what did I know about cool? 
I don't want to get too far ahead, but I mean, after watching this movie, is now the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life in line skating. And I kind of wish I I started it when I was younger. Is that why I saw you looking at inline skates earlier? I mean, I had a $25 gift card to Amazon. So, I mean, I had to do something with my time. So they end up missing the bus and then they decide to skate down to the... Uh, to Venice Beach. To Venice Beach for the, mm-hmm. uh, the skate park they usually go to. Then we have a nice little montage of the four of them skating down to Venice Beach, which goes on for maybe about three to four minutes long. Can we talk about how many montages there were in this movie? The movie's probably 60 to 70% montage. And that's a conservative guess. Yeah, absolutely. This Um, movie is mostly montages and also uncomfortably close, close-ups. Right. And I think that, see, I was kind of wondering if, the main characters could actually skate i mean they actually had some abilities because i showed them skating on like a wide shot but when they zoomed in sometimes it's on their back sometimes they were already like midway through a trick which comes up later in the movie so i was actually curious like how good of inline skaters are these actors that's actually something that i was wondering as well because did they find actors who could skate and then presumably also have stunt doubles for the more intense tricks or did they find skaters who could act right and that's that's what i was thinking too i think they definitely picked people who knew how to skate already at least the basics yeah absolutely and i think some of the more minor characters that don't speak as much maybe they were actual inline skaters i don't know if professional inline skaters exist i'm assuming they do I mean, Sam, they clearly exist. There's this whole movie. Right. Well, I wouldn't say they're... Pro- I guess they are professional. Well, we'll get to the money later on. They're but sponsored. Yeah, they're, there is some money yes. involved. So um, so they get down to the park. They're skating. They're doing their thing. Um, in some sort of foreshadowing, we see one of the characters that's in Brink's crew try to do a 540, which seems really important to him, which he's unable to do and immediately falls down on his side. And that is uh, throughout the movie. He cannot perform this 540. He messes it up a lot. And then we find out that they already have a team name and they're a, a group together. And what is that uh, team name? They are the Soul Skaters. And they call themselves that because they skate for fun. And they don't care about anyone else. They are doing their thing. They're having fun. They're not in it for money. They're not in it for fame. They're in it for the soul of inline skating. Well... I wouldn't say they're not in for fame because that whole first scene, the first time we see them at the skate park, they're like, hey, there's a photographer from Inline Skating Magazine. Let's do some really sweet tricks so that he takes our picture and we end up in the magazine. Well, I guess I would say they're not in it to be famous, but if there happens to be a photographer by them and someone wants to, you know, put them in a magazine, they're not going to say no. That's fair. That is fair. So I, I guess I, I see your point there. But they do want to show off their sweet. So after they do some skating and do some falling, we then see the, I guess, villains in the movie. And we see that the photographer, who you mentioned before, mm-hmm. wasn't actually to take pictures of them, unfortunately. He was there to take pictures of... The X-Blades, spelt B-L-A... DZ. Which is exactly how you would spell blades if you were... 90s cool. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So they they show up. They're a nice little foursome, which matches up well with the uh, Brinks foursome. And they decide, you know what? 
we're cooler. We uh, we had pictures taken of us. We have yellow uniforms. Um, we own the skate park, and no one else is allowed to be on it. Yeah. yeah. We find out some sort of uh, skater etiquette, which is that whoever is first on in the skate park, they have priority, which makes sense. But unfortunately, um, one of the soul skaters falls outside of the... I guess the very perimeter, Boundaries. the boundary Boundaries. of the of the skate park. Right. And then because the exploiters had one guy still standing in the park, they now have full control of the park. And skaters are very, very into skating etiquette, meaning that the soul skaters can no longer skate there until all the X skaters leave. I would say that the soul skaters aren't a skating etiquette because throughout the movie it's clear that uh, at least Val the leader of the X-Blades is not he's into skating etiquette when it benefits him but he's also willing to be a raging shithead are you calling Val a hypocrite yes okay um, we also find out in this scene that well, it was for the first time someone calls Gabriella a boy. And actually previously someone refers to her um, not directly as guys, but says, hey, guys, um, which she gets very she says, offended. I'm by, not a guy. Which is this also happens. I think we mentioned this at least four to five times in this movie where uh, someone refers to Gabriella as a guy colloquially or as a boy or something like that. And she gets very mad about that. Also ahead of her time. But then Brink has a genius idea, which is to go over to some skateboarders. Again, skateboarders, natural feuders with rollerbladers. They're mortal enemies, pretty much. Everyone knows that. That's just common knowledge. It's It goes as far back as Roman time with the Spartans. Same thing. Skateboarding. Absolutely. That's actually, uh, I believe the Spartans were inline skaters and the Athenians were skateboarders. Right. I, I've, I've seen 300. Yeah, yeah I know. I know yeah, what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> So Brink goes over to the skateboarders and tells them that some rollerbladers over there in the park, they were making fun of skateboarders and saying they're not cool. And it takes no skill to skateboard. And the skateboarders were having none of it. They were extremely pissed. They had some words with Val. And cutscene. And that's it. And then it shows that we're, we're to assume that these skateboarders may have beat up these rollerbladers. I would say so. And also the the one, the, I guess the lead skateboarder probably looked at least 30 some odd years old. Oh, when they first showed him, I was like, oh, there's an adult over there. I thought he was someone's parent and he was going to go yeah. get some help for them. But yes. So some, some 30 year old man just beat up some teenagers in a skate park is what it comes down to. You know what? Normally I would have an issue with that, but in this case, Bell. Definitely deserves it. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. Um, so Brink goes back home after that cutscene. Um, again, speaking with his dad, um, we find out that his dad is having some issues right now financially because he was a construction worker, construction, I believe. A construction, construction foreman. foreman. And he might be out of a job because he's been on disability. He fell off a beam and hurt his back. They talk about his father being on disability so many times throughout this movie that you would actually think this movie was actually about his father being on disability and the B-plot 
was about rollerblading. I actually thought that his dad was on disability for a very long time. He was on disability for six months. Yeah, and he it's all he talks about. He doesn't talk about anything else besides money problems. It's just about him being on disability. He does have some very touching moments with Brink, though. Brink, his son, not Brink, any other member of his family. At any point in time, after you heard that the father was injured, did you think he was injured in some sort of skating incident? That never crossed my mind. I thought there was going to be some sort of father-son connection where the father would disclose to Brink that he was initially hurt rollerblading and had to fake the injury to get his workers' comp benefits and be on disability. That never crossed my mind. And I do have to ask, did that thought go through your head this time watching it? Or is that what you thought as a child watching this movie? So I don't have any real recollection of the movie as a child besides sort of the main character having long like blonde hair and it all being about like rollerblading um so you remember that brink was a 90s dreamboat and he could skate and do cool things well yes that's true maybe some other recollection like the when they raced in the street which we'll talk about later and also as a child i probably didn't really know much about disability or workers comp so i can't really say that's what i thought then But there's a point later on in the movie where I got a little excited thinking that there might have been a rollerblading involved injury. But we'll we'll get to that when the when the time comes. Can we just skip to it? Because now I'm intrigued. I want to know your thought process. So there's one part later on. I think it's when they're in the garage, like way later on, like maybe 20 minutes ago in the movie or so. And the father talks about I think it's when Brink's looking at his old roller skates. He's nostalgic. Right. I think the father brought up something about how he used to rollerblade. Yes, he does. When he was younger. We didn't really say when, but he definitely said he used to rollerblade. And he got Brink his first pair of skates because he thought, oh, I like to rollerblade, so maybe my kid will like to rollerblade. Right. And I was hoping there'd be some sort of, I guess, talk between the two of them. But his days of rollerblading and how cool he was in presumably the 70s when he was rollerblading. But unfortunately, that did not come to pass at all. And see, when he said that, I was picturing him just like, I'm going to wear an awesome sweatband and rollerblade around the park, not uh, do really sweet tricks like Brink was doing. Just light exercise rollerblading. See, I was thinking, that's actually a good point because it's probably more in the era that he would have been um rollerblading i was thinking more of like a disco kind of rollerblading and more like the four wheels two and two side to side and not the roller skates roller skating yeah yeah. inline right roller skating got it at like some sort of disco or something like that that's kind of the picture i had because i could see him being some sort of like a uh former hippie turned really into disco in the 70s kind of guy Interesting. See, I did not picture that at all. But now that you say it, I'm not going to be able to get it out of my head. So I was thinking disco rollerblading or roller skating. And you were thinking more short shorts, short like boot cut jean. Yes. Kind of. Yes. Really short jeans in the park. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. No, I, I could see that being a situation there. But unfortunately, we'll never know until uh, we watch Brink 2, um, Blast of the Past to see the what actually prequel. happened. The prequel. Right. So they have some talk. Again, the dad expresses, like we said before, that he's on disability. 
um, that he hates that Brink is using slang all the time. He also hates that Brink is happy, which is a weird thing for a father to think and also say out loud. I took it more to be like, why is he always happy? He's a teenager. He's supposed to be sulky and moody. Why do I have this abnormal teenager that's happy all the time? But then when he is moody and depressed, the dad is like, why isn't he happy all the time? Last week, he was happy all the time. Right. And I think that if I was a parent, which I'm not, I would be happier if my child was just happy all the time. But I guess it could get annoying if you have stuff going on in your life, like being on disability and your son just happy-go-lucky all the time. I kind of get where the annoyance could be. So, But I think I'd prefer them to be really happy. It means that you're doing a good job as a parent, probably. I concur. So, all right. So he complains about that. Um, next thing comes up, we're at school. It's the first day of school of the next year. Uh, the next week. The next day, I guess, right? It was probably a Sunday, I'm guessing, that... Uh... The, the run-in happened at the skate park, and they were saying that they had a week left of summer vacation. Oh, maybe that... Okay, so there's a week left, so then jump cut, we're at the first day back at school. Everyone's... Every child's favorite day. Yes, and that's why Val didn't have any bruises from getting the shit beat out of him by skateboarders right that's true so we're at are we, school are we cursing on this podcast do whatever you want we'll we'll, we'll yeah. figure it we'll figure it out <laughs> so brink and peter and jordy are there they're waiting out front um we find out that gabriella gets there on the bus and what is gabriella wearing a dress oh my goodness gabriella gabriella the brutal, brutal fighter of the school. At least seven threats of, of violence. She is forced to wear a dress on the first day of school. And you know what she does? What does she do? She brings extra clothes because she's not wearing a fucking dress all day. But who's, someone's shoes get thrown. It wasn't clear to me whose shoes they were. Was it a, it was either Peter or Jordy, right? Yeah. And at that point in the movie, I didn't remember who was who. So that made it a little bit more difficult. Well, I'm still not very clear on that, but they're pretty much the same character. Yes, interchangeable. Uh, One of their shoes gets thrown up on the telephone wire, and Gabrielle, Gabriella, not only wears the same size shoes, but says, you can wear mine, and I will wear this ugly-ass dress all day. And to add into there, the shoes were thrown by Val. Yes. So the bully, the same bully, the ex-bladers, comes over takes one of their shoes, and throws it up on the wire. What a dick. Oh, they rollerblade to school. That's why they weren't wearing shoes. Um, I think the only distinguishing characteristics between Peter and Jordy, at some point it seems like Gabriella was flirting with one of them more than the other. You see, I kind of thought that she wasn't flirting with either of them, but one of them was flirting with her, and she wasn't reciprocating. That, that could be it, too. Uh, I think it was Jordy was kind of the loner in that he wasn't really doing any advances toward Gabriella, but it could have been Peter. Who knows at this point? It was it was one of them. Next thing, they're in class. They're learning about earthworms, which is some very, very invigorating stuff. It actually reminded me of Twilight, that scene where they're outside and one of Bella's classmates is like, hey, Bella, look, it's a worm. That's all I could think about during the worms. So I don't recall that from Twilight. Well, you are missing it. See, I've seen 
at least two of the Twilight movies. Was that in the first one? Yes. Yeah, I don't remember that specifically, unfortunately. Oh, see, I feel like that was the most realistic part of any movie about teenagers ever. Was the Twilight worm scene. Yes. Oh, okay. You know what? I think I think the most realistic part of Twilight was the vampire part. Mm. But I guess you disagree with me there. Well, I would say that they were pretty close. First worms, then vampires. Okay. No, that's yeah, fair. That's yeah, fair. yeah, yeah. So Brink and the buds are all learning about worms. And again, a little bit of foreshadowing with these worms. Because these worms are going to come up again about two minutes later. Does that count as foreshadowing you know what i would say no i would say immediate shadowing if anything i would say it was just a plot device (laughs) that's fair too yeah so how how again do these uh worms come up in the future well one of the uh interchangeable soul skaters takes a handful of worms steals val's sandwich they put the worms in the sandwich put val's sandwich back on the table he does not notice because he's talking with his friends and he goes grabs a sandwich without looking which is strange to me because i feel like i always at least glance at my food before i take a bite he doesn't need to he's that cool yeah he doesn't need to look at what he's doing he just unwraps his sandwich without looking and takes a bite without looking as one does and therefore does not see that his sandwich is now a worm sandwich and he takes a huge bite of that sandwich. Oh, he gets way into it. And pulls his mouth away from the remainder of the sandwich. And worms we see, coming with it. We see probably four to five worms just stretched out. Dangling from his mouth. Just, you know, combining the bitten off part of the sandwich with the rest of the sandwich. It's actually very gross. One of the grossest things. I couldn't, I wish I remembered that scene. One of the grossest things I've seen in a while. It was disgusting. Absolutely vile. I wanted to spit them out right along with Val. And he immediately knew something was wrong with that sandwich. Didn't even have to look, like knew what was going on. And he gets up and starts yelling. He yells at the soul skaters who all are sitting on the same side of the table, a la The Last Supper. That was what it, I think it was sort of represented was yes. The Last Supper. So that makes sense. Yes. Uh, this whole movie might actually be a metaphor, but. Well, Brink, obviously, Jesus Christ, our savior. Oh, clearly. Clearly. So not only are the soul skaters all sitting on the same side, but a teacher comes over to find out what's going on and they all have signs ready to go that say something along the lines of don't tell her you're a wuss or something like that. The thing that I thought was weird about the scene, excluding the worms and being the sandwich, was that so he gets up mad that he ate worms and, it, and the teacher, or some, I guess, some lunch monitor, walks over. And she seems to be upset with Val for some reason for well, getting up after eating some worms. He did spit his food straight on the floor. And also, another part that stood out to me, which I thought was a little weird, is that it seems like the rest of the students there outside of, the, of Val's crew know that some prank was being pulled on Val despite Brink and his crew not telling them. Because people started laughing immediately as if they knew that there were worms in his sandwich. Well, just because Val didn't see what they were doing doesn't mean that no one else saw. And there's that whole fade to... What happened during the fade to black? Maybe they told everyone, hey, look at Val. We're going to 
do some nasty shit to a sandwich. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty funny. And so Val sticks up to the the code of the uh, the skaters. It doesn't say anything. Doesn't call out Brink and his buddies. Just takes it like a man and uh, has some extra protein in his sandwich for a little bit there. Yum, yum, yum. Next thing that happens is Val comes over to Brink and kind of says, hey, we're going to meet up after school or something. Oh, maybe it's during right school. right now. And, Let's do it uh, right now. And fight, it sounds like. Except instead of fight, it's a skate off. Which is, again, is in line with skate etiquette. Yeah. So they... Oh, and going back just real quickly. So the teacher who is teaching him about worms in a very boring way, a la and Ferris Bueller, I believe the teacher... You won't know this because you didn't watch cable at all, but I'm pretty sure the teacher was one of the dads either a different Disney movie or TV show. So if it's in a different movie, we'll see it. Um, but I think it may have been like even Stevens or one of those movies was the dad. So just a little fun fact there. All I know about even Stevens is, is that the one that with Shia LaBeouf? Of course. That's all I know. Wow, that's incredible. I think the the theme song was Claymation, maybe. Stop motion animation? I think that's I think that's right. I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure that could be the case. All right. That's all I know. Fair. Um, so then we get to the race. The skate-off. The skate-off in school. They don't call it a skate-off, but I'm calling it a skate-off. Right. So so Val sets up this very, very intricate course where they are going to race one another. I guess all four of them are going to race in kind of like a... It's a relay. A relay. And the winner just is the winner. Doesn't really seem clear what the, the stakes are here. I don't believe they said anything like that, did they? Uh, they did. So if... Uh... If the soul skaters win, the X blades with a Z and no E will leave them alone. And if they lose, then the X blades will continue to taunt the soul skaters and make their lives miserable. Because that's what bullies do. Which I feel like would have been the case anyway. I can't really see the uh, Val easing up on other people, but maybe just got to take him at his word. Maybe it's part of the skater code also. You know, I feel like Val just wanted a, a reason to embarrass people. Sure. sure. That, that could mm-hmm. definitely be the case. Mm-hmm. The eight of them. Also, I don't think we went into uh, Val's crew at all. So it's Val, another kid. I don't know their names. There's one kid who has very, very spiky hair. Very in line with the 90s. Another kind of chubby friend that was part of their team also. And then we have your favorite character. Boomer. Boomer. Wayne Brady. Boomer. We have, Wayne Brady. <laughs> we have Boomer. <laughs> Who looks like a very young version of Wayne Brady. Which is incredible because Wayne Brady always looks young. So maybe Wayne Brady's son? Maybe? Who knows? We'll never know. Maybe Wayne Brady's clone. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there's cloning. His clone who started off as a, you know, a baby and has been raised as Wayne Brady. Sure, yeah. Kind of like a, like a Mewtwo situation. I was thinking more like Star Wars. But yeah. yeah, oh, yeah I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I never heard yeah, of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So the eight of them race, and tragedy strikes during this race. Wayne Brady gets pretty hurt. He destroys and breaks a bone, I believe they say. Did he break a bone? I just, I don't know what happened. But he's he's out. Wayne Brady's out. He's out of commission for approximately a month, it sounds like. Maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. Not very clear, but something in that range. Yeah, we just need to know he's out. And that in the future, he will be the Black Power Ranger. Right. 
Or maybe in the past. Did the Power Rangers came out before this? Did it? At some point, he is, was, and will be the Black Power Ranger. Um. Yeah, so he gets hurt. Oh, and one other thing we got to point out is, so it looks like Brink is going to win the race. But then young Wayne Brady falls and Brink, Brink stops. Brink goes out to help him. Out of the kindness of his heart, stops and checks how Boomer is doing. Because he skates for the fun of it and people getting hurt isn't fun. Again, skate etiquette. You stop if someone gets hurt. Don't you be a shit. Out. Exactly. Be a good guy. Be a good skater. So Boomer's hurt. And because Boomer's hurt, he can't get up. Some teachers come over, and Brink gets suspended for the rest of that school day. Which is also the first day of school. Right. So he's suspended for about two hours, it sounds like. Very bad day. And who has to pick him up? Papa. So his papa comes, picks him up, and is very, very angry at Brink for rollerblading at school and getting suspended immediately. It must be a record. It's got to be record. Someone's suspended the first day of school. That's what his father says. So he gets suspended for just that day. And on the way home, the dad's car breaks down. Smoking. And because the dad's car breaks down, we see in the next scene um, where the father and the mother Mm -hmm. are speaking. Also, we don't know much about the mother at this point, besides that she's in real estate. Um, They're talking in the kitchen as Brink peeks around the corner. And his dad has a calculator out, so you know that it's going to be money troubles. Never a good thing when there's a calculator out. Brings me back to my childhood. So father takes out the calculator, and you find out they're broke. He's been out of work for six whole months. He's he's not collecting any pay besides disability, presumably. Mama's not selling any houses. Mom hasn't shown a house in a day, and, you know, they can't afford it. They can't afford the mortgage. It's due the first of the month, and they they may not be able to pay it. We don't actually know what time of month this is, but... School starting maybe first week of September, who knows? Something around that range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brink hears this, and he decides, you know what? I got to take charge here. I got to make some money for my family. I have to be the, the big money maker of the crew. And soon we find out that because Boomer, a.k.a. Wayne Brady, a.k.a. Black Power Ranger, was hurt, the X-Blades have a spot on their team. So they're going to hold tryouts, which they tell Brink and the crew, you know, Even though they'll never, we'll never let you on. We're holding tryouts at this place at this time. And you know what? You guys aren't invited, but... Just a heads up, we're holding dryouts. Cough, cough. Wink, wink. We also find out in the scene that I want to say it's Peter. Um, he says that they're all discussing how their parents reacted. To their suspension because they were all suspended for two hours. Right. And so Gabriella, we find out, has is being raised by a single mother, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. who yep. is Peruvian, which he mentions a good 10 times. Yes. Um, and we find out that Peter is being raised by his mother and stepfather. Mm. And his stepfather has the most stepfather name of all time. His name is Jerry, which in my mind, 
it doesn't get much more stepfather than Jerry. It's token stepfather. Maybe Jerry and Randy, I would say, the most stepfather Ooh, Randy's names. a good one. So he's being raised, quote, by his mom and a and Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. So one of my favorite lines in that movie, I'd have to say. My favorite line was peace out. That's a good one, too. So we see now that Brink is a little conflicted. He needs money. He knows that the X-Blades get paid by sponsors. $200 a week. Which is pretty good money for, for that time. And he needs to make money. So he's like, you know what? I hate to do this to my friends, but I'm going to try out for the X-Blades. Meanwhile, Val was planning on that the whole time because he's an evil genius. So we, so we go forward. Um... And Brink shows up at the X-Blades tryout where there was a probably, I don't know, like 15 people already trying out skating. A lot of them seemed a lot older, probably at least college to mid-20s, which I thought was interesting. Um, and they they all get done and Brink shows up as everyone's about to go. And he goes, Val pretends that he doesn't want him there and that he can't try out, but, you know, Val's just an evil piece of shit. So he's just manipulating Brink, who then goes, you know what? Let me show you what I got. And he kills it! See, again, I had some issues with this part. So Brink has already showed up and is ready and tells him he's going to try out. And then Val plays hard to get, telling Brink that, you know what? We're not going to let you try out for the team. But he's already there. He's clearly already going to try out. Why Why play hard again at that point? And what I liked was that when Val get, says, we're not going to let you try out, Brink goes, okay, bye, and starts to leave. And then Val has to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. we are going to let you try out. Right. So he would have, both, both parties try their bluffs and it didn't, I guess neither, I guess both bluffs kind of worked out. But they would have worked out anyway if neither of them bluffed in the first place. Right. But they can't do things the easy way. One, because they're mortal enemies. Of course. And two, because they're teenage boys. So Brink tries out. Kills like you said, it. kills it. Absolutely mm. destroys it. And they offer him a spot on the team. And that's when they meet Jimmy. Jimmy the coach. Jimmy the coach. Or his manager coach. I don't know Jimmy what you would call Jimmy the adult him. in the room. Right. So he he goes over the terms of what they get paid, the $200 a, a week, um, and $200 extra if they win a tournament. And did you get major ski vibes from Jimmy? Well, I think that's kind of mandatory if you're a middle-aged man who is managing teenage boys. I think that's how it works. Okay, so that's like part of the job description. Yeah, I think that was the whole point of it. Okay, yeah. like college degree in sports management, must have a marketing background, extra skeevy. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, gotcha. And parting the hair down the middle, another absolute for that job. Also mentioned the scene by Jimmy, the coach, is that X-Blaze alone, those four guys who sponsor... Um, they sold $10 million worth of merchandise in one year, yet they only pay the skaters $200 a week. 
I thought that was a little sketchy too. So that's four skaters making around one thousand dollars a week for a full year. I guess it's California; they probably skate year round for one year. That's that's not a lot of money. That's fifty two thousand dollars out of the one. I'm sorry, ten million dollars that they made them last year. I think they're getting ripped off. I think so too. Well, Sam, it's because they're all minors. And they don't know any better. And why would he even tell Brink how much they sold in merchandise the prior year? Because that's part of the skeeviness. Yeah. That's Jim being like, we're so skeevy. I'm going to first tell you $200, which because you're like 16, it sounds like a lot of money to you. Which again, Brink thinks is a ton of money. Yeah. And at 16, $200 a week for me certainly would have been pretty awesome. Right. So he... Is a little conflicted. They give him the gear. So it seems like he's he's joining the team. Um, Brink gets home. His sister taunts him a little bit about wait, holding wait, wait. a bag. We have to back up a little bit. Because Jimmy, at first, is just like, yeah, you're on the team. And then goes, oh, are your parents okay with this? To which yeah. Brink says. Yeah. Very noncommittedly, clearly making it up off the top of his head. Include to talk to his parents at all. Yeah. So, and then Jimmy's like, cool, that's great. You're on the team. No. I'm okay with this minor just saying yes and not signing anything, and I'll pay him $200 a week. No signatures, no permission slips, nothing. None of nope. that. Nope. Just, yep, you're on You're on it. Let's go. This is fine. Yep, no issues. Gets home. Younger sister taunts him a little bit about holding a bag. Um, He goes after her with a little bit of a, uh, you know, clap back at None her. Yet. Um, we see his room for the first time, which is very neat, except for the thousand or so posters and stickers on his walls. Everything else is very neat, though. Beds yes. made, everything. And he had the token teenage boy room telescope. Oh, of course. You got to look at, you know, your neighbors in their in their windows and pretend to look at stars. So hey. I get it. Um, so next thing we know, um, they're in school the next day. They're in home ec class, the best class of high school. Where they are making a mess. I mean, I genuinely don't understand how they had flour and cake batter literally everywhere. It looked like they just dumped it over their head. I think that's the most cliche thing in home ec is they're always making some sort of baked good in home ec. And there's always some sort of flour or chocolate on characters' faces. Like in Superbad, they do the same thing. I guess it's on purpose when they put it on their face. But every movie, every TV show with this home act, there's always cake batter on someone's face. But I feel like usually it's just a wisp of flour on the cheek as if they, you know, had an itch on their cheek and they went to brush it off. Right. But this, it was like globs of it all over their faces and hands and arms. Right. It looked like... Peter was trying to do blackface, kind of, with the amount of chocolate that was on his face. Yes. And also, they decided, oh, instead of mixing this batter with a spoon, I'm just going to mix it with my body. Right. With their faces, specifically, it sounds yes. like. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of hand action, too. But mostly faces. And in this scene, we find out that... We know already that Brink hasn't told them that he tried out for the team and that he's on the team. Um... And he he can't tell them it's too awkward at this time. And who steps in the in their classroom? Goddamn Val! Val's back again. And unless he actually 
um, Val and Brink made a deal that Brink can't make fun of Val if he's on the team. So Val comes in, starts some nonsense. Um, Gabriella tries to uh, come back at him because that's that's her feisty. that's her thing. That's what she does. Go um, go, Gabby. And she's like, Brink, back me up. And Brink doesn't back her up. Uh, you're not a jerk. The worst worst thing ever. Yeah. Everyone's like, Brink, what's going on, man? What what you doing? And he tries to place it off like it's nothing. He wasn't in the it's mood not, for. He's not even worth it. Yep. Yeah, it's who cares. So yeah, again, Brink hasn't told them yet, and he we has no plans to. Right. And now the next, um, I guess, few days, what happens is that Brink goes to practice with the X Blades first. Then he goes to hang out with his team after. Um, clearly very sweaty. The the sweatiest I've ever seen a person before yes. when he shows up at practice. Um, they don't ask him about that. And goes to practice hey, with his team hey, also. Brink, why, are you, why are you sweating so much? And he's clearly very exhausted. Brink, why are you so sweaty and tired all the time? What's up with you, man? I'm worried about you. And, and when Brink shows up to his friends at the skate park, we hear from one of his friends that they heard that the X-Blades hired a new teammate. And he's really good. And he's either Korean or Native American. It's got to be. Those are the only two logical choices. Yeah, it has to yeah. be one of those two. Because mm-hmm. usually when I hear about people being hired for certain positions, the first thing you hear is... Korean or Native American. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a... Just how it is standard. in today's, Pretty standard. In today's world. Yeah. Little they know, Brink's actually the new Korean in town. What? Next thing we know, Brink is back home for dinner. He is looking exhausted because he just had two... Brutal, probably, workouts with two teams. And, and the stress of hiding from his friends the secret. And I think it's at this time, may have been earlier, but Brink brings up to his parents that he wants to skate, I guess, semi-professionally and get paid $200 a week to do it. And his dad's like, nah, no, 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 no. Which makes sense because Brink was just suspended for school. For for skating, right? which is his dad's reason. And you know what? At this point, I was like, yeah, the dad's right. And that's when I realized I feel like... uh, I might be an adult right now. It just happened because I'm agreeing with the parent in a Disney movie. I I also feel the same way. Maybe it's because we're a little bit older now. But do you, I, do I, I don't remember, disagree. Do you remember how you felt as a, a youngster watching this? Where you're like, that's not fair. It's certainly possible. Again, I don't know off the top of my head the uh, what was going on in my brain when I was nine years old. Probably something like... I wanted grilled cheese sandwich from Friendlies, if I had to guess. Ooh, um, grilled cheese. But not sure. What about a sundae? Uh, I'd probably get the uh, the mint chocolate chip one with the little cone for the head. It kind of looked like a little like clown wizard, you know? Mm-hmm. That was probably my go-to. What was yours? Uh, well, we didn't have a Friendlies either, oh. so I think I've only gone there like once. I just know that about their giant sundaes from commercials. Okay. That's fair. We did have a uh, local restaurant called Friends, and their famous ice cream dessert was called Sex in a Bowl. 
That's very cool. Was it child friendly? That place? Yes, it was a family restaurant. That's that's lovely. Making families with your sex in a bowl. So going back to this dinner, um, Brink's father gets him a job at good old Pup and Suds. Probably the best job ever. You get to hang out with dogs all day. So he he gets a job. He's not very good at it though. Cleaning dogs. The dog escapes. Immediately upon him the next day. He starts the next day, by the way. No interview, no nothing. Next yeah, day. Dad put in a good word for him. He's already cleaning dogs by himself, mind you. Oh, yeah. who needs training to shampoo a dog? Come on. So he's clearly bad at cleaning the dog. But he keeps the job. Yes, presumably. yes, definitely, yes. definitely. We'll get to it later on, but he definitely keeps the job at Pup and Suds. I mean, even though we only get that one scene of him at work the entire movie he's definitely at that job absolutely yeah so he goes through the rest of the week going to practice twice working at pop and suds doing homework falling asleep while doing homework and doing the, the same thing every day until it gets to the weekend and that weekend is the big invitational the second biggest skating event of this movie and Brink, obviously, has now signed up with X-Blades. But the issue is, his friends are also signed up for the Invitational. So what does Brink do to avoid skating with his friends? <laughs> I'm sick. He again pulls a Ferris Bueller and pretends to be sick. And his friend comes there, sees that he's in dire condition after he oh, sprays geez. some water on his face. And has a heating pad. Of course. And says, you know what? We've we've put a lot of work into this practice for this tournament that's coming up this weekend. I'm such a good friend that, you know what? It's all good. You're, you're okay. We'll, uh, we'll skip the tournament. Yeah. I mean, I would say that Brink's friends are pretty awesome and very chill about not participating in this invitational that... Up until this point is the only thing that they've been talking about. They're the three best friends that anyone could have, I would say. Of all of the Disney Disney Channel movies that I've seen, all two of them, this is the best crew. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. Better than high school musical, don't <laughs> at me. He leaves, Brink gets up immediately, goes down to the invitational to escape with the X Blades. Such a sellout. And how does he do at the tournament? He nails it. He does so well that he seemingly single-handedly wins them the tournament. Uh, Jimmy, for sure, is pumped. He hands him a cool $200 in cash for winning the tournament. Oh, that's why they don't need anything, because he's paying them under the table. Right, there's no W-2s, no independent contractor relationships, it's all... But wait, seems like everything's going well for Brink. He won the tournament. But unfortunately for him, his friends show up to the Invitational. They do not follow directions. Absolutely not. Gabriella commandeered them. It was like, you know what? We're going to the tournament. And they mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. Mr. Brink skateboarding and clearly not sick. In his shades. He's wearing pretty cool sunglasses at this point. They are point. pretty cool. They're like kind of like a, like a Beatles kind of small kind of shades kind of situation yeah yeah and he's definitely hoping like if my friends show up they'll never recognize me because i'm wearing these sunglasses the smallest shades 
of all time. Right now on Clark Kent. And so his lowest lanes show up. And they get mad because they see that Brink not only lied to them, but he's, first of all, not sick. He also joined their nemesis, the X-Blades. And he clearly thought that some sunglasses were going to disguise him from his friends. But nope, they don't. They don't. At all. He is not Superman. And we also get another great line from one of Brink's friends when they see him skateboarding. When they think it's going to be the surprise member of the uh, group, he says, you know what? He doesn't look Korean, which is true because Brink isn't Korean. Mm-hmm. It was a very astute observation. You go interchangeable, friend. They get very mad. Brink tries to join them for lunch. Is it the same day or the next day? You know, this whole the whole timeline of the movie was a little weird. Because I also think that when Brink's friends decided to go to the Invitational to scope the scene, it was sunset. Yeah, it and seemed then like they nighttime. got there. Yeah, they got to the Invitational, and it was definitely the middle of the day. It's like high noon when he wins the tournament. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I didn't really understand that either. That was a little strange. So that, and just also the general timeline. Was, did this happen over the course of a month, of a week? Are there days between scenes or hours? <laughs> I want to say from the, it begins the week before school. The Invitational seems to be maybe the second week of school around then. And then the the big tournament, which we'll get to later, is about maybe two weeks later. So maybe like a month altogether for the movie. Okay. I mean, I had no sense of how much time was passing, so I'll just go along with that. So Brink tries to join them for lunch either that day, the next day, a week later. Who knows? Sometime in the future. And and Brink asks his friends, hey, can I uh, can I sit down with you guys? And they're like, yeah, you can, you can sit down here, but we're going to leave you, you dum-dum. So when they said you could sit here, did you think, wow, they forgave him really quickly? Yeah, I did. And I was like, wow, that was the quickest resolution I've ever seen in a movie. No more conflict. They're good. But unfortunately, they get up and walk away. At the same time as if they were of one mind. I don't recall what happens after that. I think Brink goes home after. Is that? No, that's when Val shows up with some other exploits. And he's like, yeah, those friends are walking away. But we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we see that Val has Brink's back, which he doesn't. Which he doesn't. He's just saying that to to try to get Brink to join his side and make sure Brink doesn't leave him because he just wants him the tournament. Yeah, he wants to win. Um, Soon thereafter, there's a scene with Brink and his dad in which his dad, who hates slang, calls his own son Brink. Again, blowing my mind. It's just so strange because he could... It's just everyone in the family is Brink. That's literally your own name. And yet he calls his own son Brink. So, interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Brink is in a bad mood, obviously, because his friends all just aren't friends with him anymore. Understandably. I'm totally on their side. 100%. I don't blame them whatsoever. He leaves, and he's outside at some point, and his dad comes over to have a nice little heart-to-heart with him. After some coaxing from Mama. So first attempt of a heart-to-heart, 
nothing really gets resolved whatsoever, but it shows that his dad's trying to have some sort of emotional connection with his son for once. Yes. it's He makes it clear, son, I am here for you. Showing, trying to overcome some very, very deep stereotypes where fathers cannot open up emotionally to their children, especially their male children. So trying to overcome that that very, very ingrained nature of dads in a lot of TV shows, I would say. It's a very progressive film. And probably real life also, you know? They had this minor heart-to-heart, and next day, brings back to practice with the X-Blades, and they're going to do some downhill training. So they I feel like up. we skipped some stuff. Whatever. What happened between then? I feel like they did some stuff in their training warehouse. And that's where Brink does his run and does a whole bunch of tricks. And Val is like, do it again. Oh, that's, yeah, it's definitely possible. We have a nice little, like, rocky training scene when Brink's trying to push it over the edge and is, is training too hard. Right, he trains too hard. And then he goes to practice with his friends and isn't able to, like, do anything. Practice normally because he's yeah. so over, probably overly exhausted just from everything going on at once. So that goes on some part, sometime in the future, probably that same week, it sounds like. There's some downhill training because the last big event in the big tournament that weekend is a downhill competition, which is basically just a race. Um, No tricks or anything, although they love doing tricks when doing races. And they definitely do add some tricks in. They love it. They love doing tricks. Even if it slows them down, you got to do tricks in these races. Tricks are for kids. That's very true. I can't Mm. disagree there. Thank you. Were you allowed to eat cereal as a kid too or no? Uh, I could have cereal. We never had sugary. We ha- Okay. We never had, obviously, sugary cereal. So, like, we did not have tricks. We didn't have, like, Cocoa Pebbles or Fruity Pebbles or anything like that. We would have Honey Bunch of Oats. So, basically, just Kashi gone. is what you had. No. We never had Kashi. Whenever I think of healthy cereal, that's what comes to mind. We had cereal that was pretending to be healthy but now looking at oh, these okay. cereals it was like they're still not healthy plain cheerios we did have plain cheerios we had honey nut cheerios oh wow yeah okay honey bunches of oats big one interesting okay raisin bran so basically the boring cereals is what you life checks oh my god life is the most boring of cereals life is delicious i still like life not saying they're not delicious but they are very boring that's yeah. fair no, cornflakes, way more boring than like. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. All right, so back to the movie Brink. There's the downhill course training, and because of Brink's crew being there at the same time as the X-Blades, Val decides the two of them, or I guess one member of each team, has to race to see who gets to practice on the downhill course. And it comes down to Gabriella versus Brink. Brink has to face his own teammate in this downhill course. The dickiest move of dick moves from Val. Yep. I mean, hasn't he watched Premier League football? Was that? Because if someone is on a team, but another team is borrowing them for the season, 
that player can't play against their own team. Wow. Very, very deep cut right there. That's great. That's very true. If, one, if players are loaned to a different team, they can't play against them. So he should have followed in the footsteps of Premier Football. You're right. Everyone right. knows that. That's just the standard. Absolutely. That's the gold standard. And also during this scene, Gabriella gets called a Mexican by one of the members of the X-Blades. So she's very offended by that, which makes Peruvian. more sense than the, the guy's comments. But yeah, she constantly gets ripped on and uh she tries to stick up for herself as usual i would say she doesn't try she succeeds absolutely so gabriella about to race brink but before val goes to the finish line to make sure everything is smooth and there's nothing shady going on he tells brink that he's gonna he should stay to the outside of one of the last turns but you never skate on the outside of a turn and val doesn't respond and skates away and you're like, huh, why did Val tell him that? And Brink does not, he thinks it's weird, but he doesn't seem to think it's suspicious or certainly not suspicious enough to be like, hey, Gabby, I know you're mad at me right now, but Val just said this thing. So maybe you should stick to the outside too. See, that's what pissed me off. Because what would be the downside of him telling her, hey, stay to the outside? I mean- Maybe she, she wouldn't believe him. I don't know. But, but at least he would have tried. Right. At a time where she could actually maneuver and stay to the outside instead of saying it as she's running over these rocks. Right. And when she's ahead of him. Because yeah. it makes it seem like, oh, he wants her to slow down so he could beat her. Oh, I didn't even think of that. But that's also a thing. So what happens, like you said... Val throws some rocks down on the course, and Gabriella, not heeding the advice of the person who's behind her in the race in Brink, she falls. The, the advice that he gives her as she's seconds approaching before, rocks. Seconds before she falls yeah. on some rocks, is she trips and she destroys her arm. Oh, she bites it. She is road pizza. She falls about 40 feet down the street after she's falling rolling. on those rocks. They see her rolling. And they show her arm, and it's very bloody. There's yeah. a nice big, you know, scar down her forearm, and she's she looks like she's in pretty bad shape. Yeah. And the tournament's about a week away. She what is she going to do? She didn't break anything, do? though. She, she scraped up. She's rode pizza. She rolled a lot, but she did not break anything. Just has this nice gnarly injury on her arm. Oh, yeah, that's going to scar. So she goes, she leaves, obviously, to get some medical attention. And Brink shows up at her house that night, and Gabriella's mother, who seemingly likes Brink, yeah, maybe she doesn't know what's along. going on between them, but she says, "You know what? Come into my house, come see Gabriella. She's uh, she's resting. She's ready to for uh for you to see her, which seems like she was sleeping at the time, but you know, I thought she was she was just resting her eyes. She wasn't sleeping. So Brink goes in. And talks to Gabriella. They have a nice heart-to-heart -heart there where he talks about, you know, why he joined the X-Blades, why his family is having money issues. And she comes back with, I guess, this is probably the Disney Channel original movie moment of the movie. I would say one of two moments where she has this deep speech for Brink explaining to him that everyone needs money. And that you shouldn't give up what you have fun doing or change what you have fun doing 
and don't be in it for the money because it makes things not as fun. Do all Disney Channel movies have moments like that? I think there's some. Um, I mean, we'll, you'll see. Um, I think there's most of these movies have some emotional, I guess, story or moral that's kind of being expressed. And in this movie, I think the moral, the overall moral I got from it was that stick with your friends, number one. And number two is that you shouldn't be a sellout. And they all think that brings a sellout, which he is. But as she was saying that, I was like, this is not what what you're saying is wrong. You, He did need money. That's okay that he needed money. It's okay that he wanted to help his family out. And you are also a 16-year-old, so maybe you're not the wise one here. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, though, Brink takes, or at least listens to Gabriella and uh, agrees with her, seemingly. See, what I would have liked her to say is, it's okay to help your family out. We just wish you would have told us what's going on. Right. That's and we would have been there to support you. For sure, for sure. That makes sense, too. Um, then we have the next kind of big Disney Channel original movie scene where Brink goes home and he has another heart-to-heart with his dad in which he tells his dad about joining the X-Blades and completely disregarding his dad's advice mm-hmm. and explicit instruction not to join the X-Blades. And the dad at no point is like, um, so Skeevy Jimmy just signed my son on for this team without parental consent doesn't that cross doesn't his mind seem at all legal. nope not whatsoever his dad doesn't even consider it but his dad does bring up his disability which is the most important part of the movie yes is being on disability and this is again going back to the scene that we talked about before where they're looking at brinks old rollerblades or guess roller skates rollerblades yeah. yeah and that's where we find out his dad used to also Skate. Skate when he was younger. He's a badass. But now he's very anti. Not, I guess not anti-skating. anti-skating. He just doesn't want. Priorities. He wants skating to be a lower priority in Brink's yes. life, I would say. Yes. And I would say that his dad does put it well when he says, I want skating to be something you do, not who you are. Right. And that's the next big message of the movie that his dad says that you aren't defined by what you do, but by what, I guess, company you keep or what friends you have. Which I thought, I thought this one was a little weird. Because I think some people are, and frankly should be defined, by what they do. Maybe not in terms of a job, but like what actions they take should probably define what type of person someone is. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I also think that in the context of their conversation, it's more clear what the dad is saying. Like when I think Jeffrey Dahmer, I think more about how he's a serial killer than I do who his friends were at the time he was a serial killer. That's just me, though. You don't think about Steve? Well, Steve was a pretty big part. Of Jeffrey Dahmer's life. Yeah. Stevie, um, his yeah. friend. Um, but, I mean, the killing of all those, you know, men and boys kind of stands out to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just a me thing. I don't know. But 
I just think about Steve. Yeah, no, that's I'm fair. Like, Steve is a pretty great guy, so you know. We'll we'll fine. agree to disagree yeah. on that one. Um, again, his dad harps again about being on disability. He talks about how he got hurt. I think at this point. I also want to mention that not during this conversation, but at some point during the movie, the mom is like, when you got hurt, we didn't know if you'd walk again. And now you feel like you're ready to go back to work. And we find out that he's been out of work for six months. So in six months, he recovered from a an injury that seemingly could have paralyzed him. He could have been a paraplegic. Yeah, but now he's walking again in six yep. months. So six that's months incredible. And ready to go back to work. That in itself seems like it could be a Disney movie. Yeah. That or maybe be, a Hallmark movie. He might be a little too old for it to be focused on him, but I could mm. I could totally see that. Yeah. Hallmark makes more sense. I think you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Lifetime, lifetime yes. movie. Yes. Yeah. I could see that being the case. Miraculous six-month recovery. Or maybe some TLC reality show, something Ooh. like that. My six-month disability. Yeah. My six-month recovery. Then we cut to Brink being at some sort of lunch with the X-Blades. I'm sorry. The X-Blades are eating lunch, and Brink shows up. Um, Another really, really great line in this scene. Val is sitting at the table, and I believe it's maybe Boomer, but maybe one of the other um, X-Blades comes over one of the X-Blades girls. And they bring over some pizza and shakes. One of them hands a shake to Val, which is strawberry. And he says, strawberry is for women. Chocolate is for men. Which, frankly, I love that line. Because it makes no sense whatsoever. Not at all. In what world is chocolate for men or women? It makes no sense to me. We're in Val's world now. And the big thing that happens during that scene is Brink shows up. He's furious because of Val's general dickishness. And he comes raging, starts yelling. He throws rollerblades on the pizza. Right. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. And I was actually a little upset because it looked like a pretty decent pizza. Looked like a, they're in California, mind you. Looked like a pretty good pizza for California. I mean, New Yorkers here giving the pizza look a a 10. I would say maybe a nine out of a 10. That's very high praise. Yeah. It looked great. Like this looked like a pizza that I immediately wanted to eat. And he ruined it by throwing his rollerblades on it. I would say it was. It wasn't quite a Manhattan pizza, but it was certainly in the range of maybe a Westchester mm-hmm. or Staten Island mm-hmm. pizza, Yeah, I would say. It would have been a solid meal. It looked great. I was also hungry when I watched this movie, so that may have had something to do with it, but looked really good. Yeah, it it was a good looking pizza. And then he threw, he threw the rollerblades straight on it, and that, more than anything, made me upset. And then what happens after the uh, the pizza's destroyed? He again ruins food that I want to consume when he throws a chocolate milkshake all over Val. And it's very explicit that the milkshake thrown at Val was chocolate. Definitely chocolate, not strawberry. Never chocolate. strawberry. Definitely not vanilla. No, no. Don't even bring vanilla milk. There were some rumors going about that it was a vanilla shake. But it was clearly a chocolate shake. Much different situation. Yes. Vanilla's, who cares? Water on the bridge, I would say. 
but chocolate shake? My goodness. That, those are fighting words right Ooh. there. So Brink gets done throwing a chocolate shake at Val. I'm guessing it is the same day when he goes to meet up with his buddies at the skate park. Yes, but rumors must fly fast in this world without cell phones because they've already heard that he threw a milkshake on Val. A vanilla but they milkshake. heard it was a vanilla milkshake. A vanilla milkshake. Yes, a so vanilla rumors milkshake. spread fast. Yeah. An incorrect rumor. And also going back, the last scene, it's not very clear, but it seems like when Brink leaves after throwing the milkshake, Boomer follows him for a few frames and then it cuts away. Oh yeah, Boomer was definitely on the Brink train. Because Brink went back to help him when he hurt his knee during that uh, skate off. And no one else seemed to care about him. No. And Boomer was like, you know what? This is my new Power Ranger crew. So Wayne Brady is no longer an X-Blades member, seemingly. Seemingly. At least uh, he might. he's probably still getting paid by them. But Hopefully. He's on just, disability. Just the paycheck. Yeah, he's on disability. A lot of disability talking yeah. here. So... He- Brink goes over to his friends, and one of his friends, the uh, the nerdier one, seemingly, he um, breaks his skate, I believe. His, like, the wheels, which seem important to the skate, fall off the skate. Yes, the wheels do seem like they're an integral part to the whole skating thing. So he's bummed out, but there in comes Brink. Yeah, but it was a perfect time. Yeah. And he seemingly wants back on the team. Which, oh, he definitely wants back. Which his team. friends are on board for. Because they need someone. And he threw a milkshake on Val. So he's serious about this. And not only is Brink back, but he brings a bag full of equipment. Wag. He's got some skates. He's got some sick shirts for oh, the team. They have pups and suds all over those shirts. Oh, yeah. They're sponsored now. Yeah. Bye, Brink. And the way Brink helped to sponsor the team is that he got, I think it was four months of salary in advance. Yeah, he's a really nice boss. So it's not even that Pup and Suds is sponsoring them. It's basically Brink just paid for everything, and yet they still have Pup and Suds on the front of the shirt just because his boss paid him in four months in advance. Yeah. But, so right now, Brink is a slave to Poppin' Suds. I mean, the shirts were pretty cool. They were. They were very cool. Yeah, so... There the, was a bathing dog. I mean, the boss might have been like, you really don't need to do that. And Brick was like, "Uh, do you dare me to put the Poppin' Suds yes. logo on the shirt? And the boss is like, no. And Brick was like, but... I'll do it. I I'll, do I'll, it. Do I'll do it. I'll do it. Just dare me to do it. And the boss is like... What are you? What are you doing? He's like, fine, we're doing it. We're popping suds. That's it. No more. Don't say another word. You, we're popping. You suds. really don't have to do. Please. I would prefer if That's you didn't. It. We're popping suds. Frank, I would prefer if you didn't. <laughs> so they have new shirts, the popping suds team, and new swag, as you said, Including and new skates, skates. most importantly, mm-hmm. which are in the right size because Brink knows his friends. He knows their size of shoes. It's beautiful. So. 
I think that was a day before the tournament or maybe a couple days before, something like that. Also unclear. It might have been three days before. But the tournament's that weekend for sure. Yeah. Um, they never go back to school or anything. The only time we see school is the uh, the big worm day. I know the worm day and also the the cake day. The cake day also when they're baking cakes, I guess. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So now next up, it's the day of the big tournament and ESPN is there. It's going to be whatever the 90s equivalent of lit was. Probably the X Games, maybe. It's probably closest to the X Games. What maybe those are the, the 2000s. I don't know when, but. X Games are still a thing. But what was the slang? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Lit Fam, I think. It was Lit Fam. That's what they were saying in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, that was a 90s yeah, yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. It's tubular. <laughs> Groovy. So there, the championship is upon them. And there's probably the best trophy that I've ever seen. It was a very cool trophy. It's do like giant. It and it looks like it has a full-size silver-plated rollerblade on the top. Which is very cool, like, obviously. It, this trophy is taller than a medium-sized child. Yes, taller than Brink's sister, I would say. Yes. So ESPN's there. And I guess the format of the tournament is that there's three events. There's kind of like a free skate kind of thing. There's then a ramp. There's, right. The ramp, the, uh, I guess, half pipe. Mm-hmm. And then there's the downhill. Yeah. And there's maybe like four teams altogether, four or five teams. Not really clear. At least four, I would say. Yeah. Four that they showed. I was surprised that they didn't try to make it seem bigger because this was supposed to be like the, the biggest event. Yeah, it's the yeah. championship. Inter- I think they said maybe not international, but they said like on the coast. Like the whole it seemed like every state like anyone could go play in this tournament. Is what it seemed like. Oh, I thought it was the West Coast, but I mean even if it's the West even Coast. Even if it is, yeah. Way too few teams there. So yeah. so they're Especially there. In Southern California. And just the the kind of ground rules, which it seemed like to me for the tournament, was so every member of each team does the first two events. They get a, sto- a score out of 100 or 99, probably 100. Lots of high scores, too, in the tournament. Tons of high scores. And then for the downhill, the top two teams go up against each other with one member yep. from each team. Yes. So it's kind of like the relay in um, Heavyweights, I would say, is the end of the movie. How it's like a race at the end. So first event, Brink... Falls. Doesn't do well. Oh, Gabby does. Gabby does very well. Gabby All those other teammates do pretty well, it sounds like, except for him. Oh, and can we also say that right before Gabby goes, there's a close-up of Val... And he's like, she hasn't skated in four days. Which doesn't seem like a lot of time. It's not a lot of time. Like, if I don't... Well, I guess people that run more than I do don't run in four days. They're still probably in pretty good shape and still able to do, you know, what they've practiced seemingly every day for a few years. Yeah. I mean, I run, I would say, a lot. And when I run a race, I usually take it easy for more than four days. Yeah, so I think... uh, there's kind of some weird talk by Val there to try to like psych himself up and say, oh no, she's got no shot. She's not going to do it. Val just clearly doesn't know anything about fitness. Let's yeah, let's be he's, real. He's out of his mind. Yeah. So they do pretty well. Again, Brink doesn't do well. And he comes over after his poor run. And oh, and by the way, his mother 
Also, we don't learn pretty much anything about his mother Does during the entire movie. I'm sure she has a name. Then again, the only thing we know about her is that she's in real estate. Yes. And, and that she that's wants it. her She's son kind of a failed have... real estate agent, maybe. Next thing that happens is so he comes over to his dad and mom and sister who are there at the tournament. Well, his dad's not there yet. Right. His dad wasn't there yet. Right, right. Yeah. He comes over to the, the daughter. Mm-hmm. I guess his, his dad's his, daughter. His, his, his sister. His sister. His parents' <laughs> daughter. <laughs> and the sister gives him really, really good advice for what to do. And it's to skate better. Yeah. Which really is some of the best advice valuable. I've ever heard. And he takes it to heart. He's like, you know what? I'm going to skate better. I'm just going to not yeah. mess up and skate better. You're right. What? Why didn't I think of that? Next event is, I think it's the vert, they call it. The half pipe. I think they call sure. it vert. Yeah, I'm not let's sure. go with that. So again, all his teammates do the vert. His one friend who's practicing the 540 the entire time. Peter. Peter nails that 540. Yeah, Peter. Peter. He absolutely Peter. kills it, which is after, I think he went after Brink, also killed it. Yes. And before Brink's about to go on the vert, the dad gets there. Looks over to his dad. He's like, hey, thumbs up, thumbs down, dad. Because his dad went to To his his boss to see if, hey, am I getting my job back? Dad waits a second, gives him the thumbs up. No more disability. Back on the job. He's a foreman again. So Brink's pumped about this. He's rocking out and he's about to do the best run of his life right there. He's going to put it all out. So he's He's doing doing 540s. I think they said he did a 900 at some point, which is crazy. He's doing literally every single trip trick ever invented for inline skating and snowboarding and skateboarding and BMX He's and ski it. cross combined. And during this event, we also see Wayne Brady in the stands. And he's so into it. And he's cheering. He's like, yeah, Brink, kill it. You're You're my boy. I love you. You're my boy, Brink. I love you. Again, with some montages of people skateboarding. So many montages. The one weird thing I thought, I don't know if you recognize this, is during this montage of the vert, the music wasn't like upbeat at all. No, and I feel like they were two kind of back-to-back montages, and one of them was kind of a ska montage. Right, which made sense yeah. for skateboarding, or inline skating and yeah. everything. And then this one, it was like a... It was kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It's like unsettling instrument, music. Instrumental, yeah. weird music montage. I didn't like it at all. They should have just played like something from the soundtrack of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like It was just terrible music for this scene. I also feel like they just could have cut the montage because they had literally just had a montage. It was a montage and then the thumbs up, thumbs down, right. and then another montage. But the one good thing that did come out of this montage is when... Brink is going, they cut to his dad in the stands with the greatest reactions. Just clearly, they just take them all like all in a row. They're like, hey, dad, just do some sort of reaction. Mm-hmm. And just not like in line crowd. with anyone else in the crowd, doing his own thing, just reacting crazily yes. to what he's pretending to watch Brink doing, which I thought was great. Yes. And there's that great line at the end after Brink is done, and he goes, that's my boy! Just great effort. Great acting by the father there. Just really killed it. 
So after everyone except for one skater's left, I think it was on Team G-Force? Uh, who knows? Something like that. Who knows? So he's the last skater, and he's allegedly pretty good. And he needs, I guess, like a mediocre score, basically. And if he gets that, they'll be in second place, and Brink's team is gone. Because mm-hmm. X-Blades is in first. There's a blank spot right now for second that G-Force could get. Then it's the Soul Skaters. Yeah. Which we haven't mentioned enough. Skull, soul Skaters. Greatest yeah, team Soul ever. Skaters. Yeah. We're now Puppin' Suds, but whatever. They're so G- also interchangeable. So basically, Brink's team at this point is just rooting for this guy on G-Force to, to fall. Fuck up. And yeah. to get injured, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Which, son of a gun, he, he falls does. and gets knocked unconscious, seemingly. Until a medic comes over. He's okay. He's okay, folks. He makes it out alive. He walks off. So this guy, it's a very large half pipe. And this guy falls, slams into the half pipe, slams into the cement ground next to the half pipe, like rolls off of the half pipe. Medic comes over, does zero analysis of the guy that's laying on the ground, seemingly unconscious. He shakes him all like, hey, dude. Hey, dude, and you then, okay? And then the medic helps him up. It was yeah. like, we don't have to worry about any neck injuries or anything. Let me actually help you get up at this point. No, no, it, Sam, he was wearing knee pads. He's not going to have a neck injury. Doing just a terrible job of stabilizing his neck. Absolutely horrendous job. Great acting by that medic right there. So yeah, so now because this guy on G-Force was comatose after doing this run, Pup and Suds make it to the final round of the championship. Hooray, hooray! So now we have the downhill race between none other than Val and who for Pup and Suds is going to do this race? That's a really good question. Um, who? What's the name of the movie? It's Brink. The name of the movie is Brink. So it was Brink doing the race. <laughs> Brink versus Val. The big showdown everyone's been waiting for. Dun, dun, dun. So we have the race. Was it Was it a different spot than I think when they, they were practicing? It, it was when they were practicing, they said, this is the course. Right. But when they were Doing the course, it looked different. Right. So it's not clear. Maybe it was the same course, but there was more dress-up stuff around it. That's possible. And there's also a a video board, which is showing the race. Mm. So the fans in the stands could see what's going on in this race throughout the streets of Los Angeles or wherever they are. I think my favorite part of the course was that there's a blind turn, which presumably means that the skaters... It's a really sharp turn, so they won't really be able to see what's beyond the turn. But no, that's not what blind turn means in this movie. No, in this movie, blind turn means that there are no cameras, so the crowd won't be able to see. So you know some shenanigans is going to go down Mm -hmm. at this blind turn. Mm -hmm. So throughout the race, Brink falls at one point, they're going, they get to the blind turn. And what happens at this blind turn? Val starts shoving. Starts shoving Brink over. And he takes over the lead at this point. Mm -hmm. Val does. And after shoving him, they get past the blind turn. You see that Val's in the lead. Wayne Brady's very mad at that point, seeing that Val's in the lead. And next thing comes up is that there's, I guess, like haystacks? Yeah, it's block. It's like a roadblock. Or not a roadblock. It's side of the road. Barrier. It's a barrier. Barrier. Yeah. And Val 
goes right through. I think, no, he tries to punch. He tries to hit Brink, I think, mm-hmm. and misses and goes right through the hay. The haystack and is is out. He's laying on the ground. Brink goes past him, and Brink, in true Brink fashion, turns around and goes in line with skating etiquette to make sure his competitor is okay. Yep. He skates back, goes to check on Val. Goes to help him up. And that rascal Val was faking it. Which was a very elaborate and unnecessary plan because Val was already in the lead. Right. Well, I guess that he didn't fake. I guess he accidentally went through the hay, but he was faking being hurt, maybe, is what it seemed like. Who knows? Who knows what's going on through that very complicated head of Val? Yeah. It's not clear. But Val pulls another douchey move and throws Brink back, which everyone could see on the cameras because there's no more blind turn there. Mm-hmm. And he gets back on the course before Brink does. But so Brink is getting a, a slow start because he has to get all the hay off. He has to get going. And that's when we find out that the cameramen were there and they got everything on film. So the crowd saw They saw everything. everything. Everyone in the crowd sees that Val's, Val's a, a dick. And Brink tried to help him out. Yep. So they keep going. Val's way ahead at this point. And Brink, in his intuitive state, seemingly cheats yeah like he cuts the and course cuts the entire course like just doesn't like go, he doesn't goes down a side alley or something and right. goes down some stairs and cuts most of the course and then comes and jumps out right like, out front yeah. right next to that right pretty next much to Val. in front yeah. of him but right next to that yeah and i mean apparently that's okay yeah I heard you could do the same thing in marathons, is that yes, right? You yes. can just cut whenever it's easier, just a um, shorter route? Not necessarily cut, but you are allowed to take the subway. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 I heard yeah. some stories yeah. about that. Yeah. That's smart. That's fine. Um, So he cuts, and no one cares. It's on camera. No one cares at all. And it's a sprint between Brink and Val mm-hmm. to see who wins the big championship. And because it's a Disney Channel original movie, guess who wins? Uh, what's the name of the movie? It's Brink, right? Brink, win- Brink wins the race. And Brink f- sprints actually very fast. It seems like he's maybe actually a pretty good skater because it looks like that's actually him who's skating at that point. He wins the race, and the first person he celebrates with is Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady Black goes Power from Ranger. getting hurt in the Ranger. first race to now being Brink's seemingly best friend. Oh, yeah, they're tight. And then not only does he celebrate with Wayne Brady, he celebrates with his family, celebrates with his teammates. Val's crew saw what Val did to Brink earlier on, which they've been okay with pretty much all the bullying Val does to Brink and other crazy shit that he did. And he's not nice to them either. Never nice to them. They've been totally okay with that. But him trying to beat Brink by faking being hurt, that was, that was the too last far. straw. Too far. And now they're friends with Brink. Yeah. They We're have all Brink's friends back. with Brink. So everyone likes Brink. Val's a loser. Val's by himself. And Brink holds up the trophy, the amazing trophy. Mm-hmm. Best trophy ever. Camera focuses on Brink holding the trophy. Freeze frame on Brink with the trophy. Being lifted up by his friends. He's on their his he, yeah, he's being His yeah. friends yeah, yeah, yeah. are holding Brink again 
a foot taller than all his friends, pretty much. And They're so holding him up on, the, on their shoulders. He's holding the trophy up, so really the trophy is just out of the atmosphere. Yep. And cuts the credits. The end. But then there's the Brink song during the credits. Which is a great song, which should have been playing the entire movie, I would say. I wish that the awkward song montage was the Brink song montage. Yeah, it so definitely needed some more air. They time. say, come on, Brink a lot. Yeah, is that's, what I remember. I, that's the whole song. Come on, Brink. That's it. That's the song. So that's that's the movie. So we'll start with you, Joanna. So what were your overall thoughts on the movie? You know, I enjoyed... I would say I was entertained by the movie. It was entertaining. I could see how if I were a, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old, probably 10-year-old, I would have definitely been into this movie. And I definitely would have been like, maybe... I'll get some rollerblades. And I most definitely would have had a major crush on Brink. 90s heartthrob. Well, that's fair. Yeah. So Brink, I would say, was one of my favorite Disney Channel movies growing up. And which is even crazier because I never, I maybe rollerbladed once in my entire life. Never wanted to rollerblade, never wanted to roller skate had no desire to skateboard any extreme sports never liked any of that stuff yet i really really enjoyed this movie as a kid watching it now i was a little worried that it wouldn't hold up and i thought there'd be some like major plot holes but honestly it flowed pretty well and i think that the storyline was pretty straightforward I think that it made sense at the end and I think that's a pretty good movie to be honest for a Disney Channel original movie, that is. Yes. And I think the the biggest problem was Brink's dad's, who is also Brink because they're related, so they have the same last name, miraculous recovery from almost being paralyzed to walking and being ready to go back to work in six months. I think it's a, a miracle and a blessing, to be honest. That's just part of the Disney magic? Absolutely. Of course. So that was, like I said, one of my favorite movies. It will probably stay one of my favorites, but we'll obviously see throughout the process. Just some fun facts about some of the actors in the movie. Uh, We already said that um, Boomer, a.k.a. Wayne Brady, was in the Power Rangers. Brink actually voiced Sid in Toy Story. Oh. So that was interesting. I never would have guessed Um, that. The one I noticed the most was Val. Um, he was actually the bad guy in the movie Little Giants. Have you seen that? I think so, but I don't remember anything about it. So he just plays a bully who hates on pretty much girls playing sports with him. Um, he's a total meathead. Not far off from this movie, to be honest. Okay, so he just plays this character. Yeah, just a younger version of this character. Pretty much Football version. Absolutely. So that was a cool thing. This is like he retired from football and took up a different sport. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then the sister, Brink's sister, Mm -hmm. is going to be in a future Disney Channel original movie that we're going to watch. Which one? So I'm not going to tell you now. It'll be a nice surprise for you in the future. But she also plays 
a younger sister in a future movie. I might not recognize her. I'll point it out when we get there. Don't worry. Deal. So those are really... um, Some of the other actors, I think, looked a little familiar. I'm not really sure what else they were in. And there's this other fun fact I found. This movie is apparently, according to Wikipedia, a modern and loosely based adaption of a novel written in 1865 by Mary Mapes Dodge. Are you aware of this novel? Was it about rollerblading? So it's called Hans Brinker or The Silver Skate. I have actually heard of that book. You know this book? I haven't read it, but fun fact, I'm a librarian. And at one of the libraries where I used to work at, this was a sought after book. People would come in and ask specifically for this book. Do you think it's because of the movie Brink? Absolutely. No, definitely not. Okay, so one of us will try to read this book before the next episode. We'll relay back whether or not how uh, how close it is to the movie Brink. How's that sound? That sounds entertaining in and of itself. <laughs> so we'll we'll see about that. I mean, I'll leave it up to you since you're the the reader of the crew. But so yeah, that's really the only fun facts I found about this movie. Anything that you wanted to bring up? I mean, I feel like for my second disney channel original movie ever other than high school musical um i was i was pretty entertained what would you give this movie out of 10 you had to rate it 10 being the best um i would give it a strawberry milkshake all right that's a pretty good that's bad though i think the strawberry milkshake seemed like a bad thing in this movie or are you saying in your Only... own mind Val thinks that strawberry milkshakes are bad, and Val is a misogynist pig, dick, asshole. So take that as you will. So what do you personally prefer between strawberry and chocolate milkshakes? It depends on my mood. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's fair. Mm -hmm. I will give this movie a strong pup and suds. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe maybe two and a half poppin' suds. Two and a half poppin' suds. Yeah. Okay. That's that's how nice. I felt. So nice. Anything else for our uh, our listeners before we go? I don't think so. I think we've all covered it. All right. So uh, we'll leave it off there. So the way we're gonna do this is we're gonna go through the movies in somewhat of an order. We're gonna go through them kind of in year order, where we'll start with the movies in like the ninety seven ninety eight range when it started going up to kind of the, the newer movies. And we're going to start with the movies I've seen before. So the first one I've seen of the first few is Brink. So the next movie we're going to do is Halloween Town, a great movie which I think you're going to enjoy. So if anyone else wants to watch before we uh, we do our next episode, get ready to watch Halloween Town. Can I wear a costume while we watch? It's mandatory, actually. Thank you. All right, so we'll leave it off there, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Goodbye. Peace out.